Talk Radio. It's the uh, 13th day of June, 2020. Going to continue on today in the book of Hebrews. Before we do, let's go to prayer. Father, we ask you today that the spirit of teaching come upon us, Father, for your word. You said it won't come back void, but do that what you sent it to do. You sent your word and you healed us. We ask you today that, Lord, you give us revelation of your word that we might progress in you. We never fail to give you honor and praise. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. Last time we talked about uh, being apostates or warning against apostates or a departure from the truth, which is Jesus Christ. Uh, We're going to continue on today in that, uh, basically, but we're going to talk about the principles, to leave the principles. In other words, to be progressive as a Christian. Uh, It's not God's will that we stay stagnated. It's always God's will that we grow, that we go forward. Paul declared it was a race. In a race, you're always going forward, never backward, always going towards a a mark or a goal. Uh, Paul said go towards the the high mark of of the high prize, which is in who Jesus Christ for the high calling. So today we're going to talk about striving in the spirit, of course, there's nothing we can do on our own. <clears throat> we have no, uh, we, uh, we're not righteous. Um, our faith is, is, is totally in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We live in his righteousness. Progression comes through the Holy Ghost who leads us and guides us into all truth and all righteousness. Today, we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. Many voices out there today, many uh, isms and schisms, many platforms, many belief systems. But if you're a Christian today, you must believe in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and Him crucified, buried, and resurrected, and coming back again, sitting by the Father's right hand. You must believe the gospel and cannot reject it, because if you if you don't believe the gospel, then you're not on the foundation, which is Christ. You're following another ism, another schism. This is what the Word of God teaches so, in chapter 6, the writer wrote, Therefore, leaving the principles, is chapter 6, Hebrews, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of Christ, or the gospel of Christ, who he is in the Old Testament concealed, and the New Testament revealed, I use a phrase a lot, but that's, that's just the way it is, Let us go, listen, or move on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. In other words, going back, or as the term is used, 
backsliding. In other words, leaving the truth which is Christ, going back um, and uh, uh, seeking that which was past, whether it be a religious system, whether it be a, um, a, a god of this world, so to speak, whether it be um, what traditions of men, the Bible says, woe unto the man or woman that leans on the arm of flesh. We walk this walk through spirit, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. But he says they're leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. In other words, growing up in the Lord, getting off the milk of the word and getting on the meat of the word. Or uh, not to refer back to even law, because the law was fulfilled in Christ, that man, it's proven, cannot within himself keep the law. In the book of what Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, Paul wrote, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, the purpose of the law, that we might be justified by faith and faith alone. If you think you can get to heaven on your good works, now, well, faith works is dead. Without works, faith is dead. Okay? So, uh, uh, there will be works follow those that believe. But works within themselves will not save you. That we might be justified by faith. Faith in who? Faith in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Faith in Him. So, the writer, which I believe is Paul, is exhorting us to grow in the Lord. In Hebrews nine fourteen, how much more, listen, shall the blood of Christ, or how much more sh- shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? In other words, much better than the blood of animals of bulls and goats and turtle doves and etc. The pure, guiltless blood of Jesus Christ. See? That's the foundation, yes. But we build on that through that doctrine of Christ. And everybody gets scared when the word doctrine shows up. In other words, it's some kind of a uh, thing we can't do. But this is something we can do is believe. Believe on the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his shed blood and you shall be saved. And one waters and one plants, but God brings the increase. Principles. Principles. That word there means a head, a uh, corner. Cornerstone. Okay? Cornerstone or foundation. 
Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against that which I have built or purchased with my own blood. It means the first estate. It means magistrate. Or commencement, concrete. Applications in order, time, place, or rank. In other words, it points to Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of, of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together growed unto a holy temple in the Lord. There's that word groweth. Growed or groweth? In other words, progressed? We're never meant to stay where we're at. We're always meant to be in a, a, a mode of progression in Christ. We can't be stagnated. Have you ever been raised on a farm or been living in the country, which I have all my life, in the summer, in what they call the dog days of summer, you go out to some of these ponds and they're stagnated. They stink. Just bugs and stuff and a, and a film on top of the water. There's no movement. Stagnated, dead, not moving. Well, the hole's there, the water's there, but there's no movement. See? He says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go into perfection, not laying in the foundation of repentance from the dead works and the faith towards God. So there needs to be a growth process in our walk with Christ. Second Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in the grace and knowledge. Grow, grow, grow. How do you grow? You, you have to be watered. You have to get the weeds out of our lives. Lay aside every weed of sin, Hebrews. That's just so easily beset us. Come out from among them, be ye separate people. Say, if the Lord separates yourself, looking toward the author and the finish of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. See, we're not, we're not meant to be uh, stopped and stagnated. We're always meant to be growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go into perfection. How many perfect people am I talking to this morning? But the perfection is the New Testament, the, uh, uh, the, the doctrine of Christ and the cross. That's the perfection that we look unto, the author and finisher of our faith, the perfect author and the perfect finisher of our faith. He came, he came and he done what God the Father sent him to do. He was the perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So if you think within yourself you can be perfect, if we think within ourselves we can be perfect, if you think you can make yourself perfect, then you're you're dead wrong. All sin to come short of the glory of God. For we need an advocate, which is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
Paul said, it's not me that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And over all my own, I can do nothing. He said, for many times, he said, I'm a bond servant, a doulos, one that's, that, 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 that has volunteered to serve Christ for life, knowing there's no strength within myself. When I am weak, he is strong. There is no perfection in us, but there is perfection in him. He's our strength today. We are justified by our faith in Jesus Christ through grace and mercy. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. In other words, not going back. Not going back to the old ism systems or back to the law, the old, the, the old uh, sacrificial system. Okay. Not, not not being uh, 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 stagnated in dead religious activities, okay? Which doesn't do anything. They might impress man. And you might even please some men by it, but he says not laying in the foundation of repentance. Paul wrote in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. In other words, we see a progressive state here. Not being dormant, being active in the spirit. Not laying in the foundation of repentance from the dead works and our faith toward God. Hebrews 9, 13 to 14. For with the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified the pure and found the flesh. If, if if that was God's system for that time, which was done once a year, then that was God's system. But now, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serving the living God. There's that word purging again. That takes the blood of Christ to purge dead works out of our lives, to keep us activated, to be a to be a moving entity, always growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See, stagnation and dormancy is very dangerous. Can't be stuck. Back back in the day when they had what they called vinyl records. <laughs> well, people know what that was today. But they had an arm and they had a needle, and a needle. And sometimes, because of a scratch or a flaw within the within the disc, then the record would get stuck. Play the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. We can't we can't afford to be in that in that mode. We must progress spiritually, looking once again. Let's we'll use the scripture again to the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who progresses us through the unctioning of the Holy Spirit his ambassador on the face of the earth right now, who who holds back, who, who is the restrainer, who fills us, who leads us, who teaches us, who guides us, who prods us, so to speak, who brings conviction upon our lives, who chastises us in the time when we need chastising. See, only sons get chastised. When I mean sons, I mean sons and daughters. When I say son, I mean sons and daughters. Verse 2 of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead, and of the eternal judgment. <clears throat> See, there's God's doctrine, <clears throat> pardon me, and there's man's doctrine. 
See, there was the law, the written law, and there was the spoken law, which was that that man added on to. So the doctrine of Baptist or, or in under the law or under the old system, there was what they call sacrificial washings and a laying on of hands. See, these can become religious activities if not practiced according to what the Word of God says and, and carried out according to what the Word of God says. If there be any sick among you, call them, anoint them with, with oil, pray their prayer, if they lay hands on them, that they might be healed. That's what he tells us to do. But this is done by faith. It has nothing to do with man, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. There's not a man that's able to heal yet. There's a gift of healing that comes through the spirit, not within man or any extension of the ideas of men. In Acts eight eight in Acts eight seventeen, then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament we see the laying on the hands of the uh, uh the scapegoat, which was under the old system. God pointing towards our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And of the resurrection of the dead. Which was given full light when Christ resurrected. The fulfillment of resurrection was through Christ. The Old Testament writers and Old Testament prophets, Job knew about resurrection. Isaiah knew about resurrection. They saw it. But it didn't come to pass until Jesus Christ came out of the grave. Yes, there was people raised from the dead, prophets. Raised the dead. I think it was Elijah or Elisha that laid across the, the young man and he lived. But ultimate resurrection came through Jesus Christ. Resurrection of the dead and the, of eternal judgment. Paul was writing to or speaking to who the Bereans in Acts chapter 17 beginning verse 31, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, wherefore he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men clave unto him, and believed among whom he was, who was, Dionysus, Aeroplasis, and a woman named Demarius, and others with them. So there's coming a resurrection and an eternal judgment. The Word of God speaks of two of them, the great white throne and also the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 3, and this will we do if God permits. by the grace of God in the finished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
So we must be progressive. We can't get caught up in religious systems and activities. Okay? Um, that which we do, which we're supposed to do, what they call Christian disciplines, we must do those things, yes. But they do not save us. It's through Jesus Christ. So we must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew themselves unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For it's impossible for those who were once enlightened, hmm, or for those that accepted Christ. In other words, not ignorant of the ways of Christ. Very familiar with the finished work. And have tasted of the heavenly gift. He is the heavenly gift sent from God. For God so loved the world. The gift of Christ. And he finished what he came to do. In John 4.10. And Jesus answered and said unto her. If thou knewest the gift of God. And who it is that saith to thee. Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him. And he would have given thee living water. Gift means nothing to earn it. You can't. You don't buy a gift unless you're giving somebody else. But gifts that you receive are free to whosoever will, and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers. Partakers. Galatians three one three. O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh, partakers of the Holy what? Ghost. Or the Spirit, having begun in the Spirit, partakers. Being baptized in his Spirit, being full of his Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. There's no other way to serve Christ except being led by the Spirit of God. Well, we can't even say Christ is Lord unless it be through the Holy Ghost. Verse 5 says, have tasted the good word of God. Here we go. The good word of God. Which is, is, is revealed to us through the Spirit of God. And the powers... Of the world to come. The word of God is quick and powerful. Sharp and two-edged sword cuts asunder, divides and discerns every spirit. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word by no means will ever, ever pass away. Verse 6, if they shall fall away or backslide to renew them again in repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the God, the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. But they fall away. or turned their backs on the doctrine of Christ, or Christ, or the finished work, or the gospel. There's only one gospel. And we're certainly not going to grow in the Lord if we reject him and go back and turn and go in a different direction. The word repent means to turn and go in the right direction. 
Hebrews 10, 29, of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite unto the Spirit of grace. See, today when people say there's more than one way, that's what they're doing. They're crucifying the Son of God afresh, trotting under the blood of Christ. Because he's the ultimate way. <laughs> the only way to God is through the Son of God, which is Christ Jesus. There's many gods, little g's. There's only one God, one Lord, one baptism. We're not, we are monotheistic. We believe in one God. We believe in the Son of God, which is Jesus Christ. So if you if you go in any other direction, read that again, Hebrews ten twenty nine, of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the Son of God, listen, and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and have done despite unto you the Spirit of grace. <laughs> The opportunity to receive him by grace. By rejecting him and trodden his blood underfoot. Okay. And and considering it, the writer says an unholy thing. And when we when we categorize Christ and his finished work and with every other ism and system, every other belief system, that's what we're doing. He's he's above. That's what this book is about. Better, better than anything we can possibly get involved with. In fact, the only thing we need is the plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. And the only thing that will do us any good is the plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. And put him to an open shame or public, what, ridicule. Like, again, reverting back to, oh, what systems, religious systems, where where. where where our cisterns hold no water. Christ is the sealer. Christ is all in all. Verse 7. For the earth which drinketh in the rain, and cometh off upon it, and bring forth herbs, meat for them, by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. For the earth which drinketh in the rain. Okay. This happens. The earth doesn't uh, reject the rain. It's The Bible says he drinks in the rain or it swallows the rain. And it bringeth forth herbs. In other words, it bringeth forth what? Herbs, meat, or food for them by which it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. Psalms 65, verse 9. Thou visited the earth and watered it. Thou greatly enriched it. With the river of God, which is full of water, thou preparest them corn. When thou hast no hast so provided it, thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Faith in God and his, the outpouring of his spirit. And today, that's only through Jesus Christ. But then... Those that don't receive, verse 8 says, 
but that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. There we go. There's, there's, there's a separation here. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected. What are thorns and briars good for? Well, I was raised on a farm. I hated the words, let's go pick berries. Because I knew I had to fight thorns and briars. And be all scratched up to get to the fruit. But see, thorns and briars are a, a type of, of, of uh, a curse. By the sweat of your brow, the Lord said, you shall earn your living. And the earth will produce thorns and briars, which you have to fight over, go through, deal with. But they're cursed. Nothing, nothing good for them. They don't do anything good. Those who have rejected Christ, they bear thorns and briars, no fruit of the Spirit. And nigh unto cursing, and the end is to be burned. The Word of God says if we don't bring forth fruit, then the axe is laid to the root. For a person will lose his soul. Matthew seven sixteen, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men do men gather grapes of thorns or figs or thistles? Hmm. Okay. Verse 9. But, beloved, we are persuaded better, as it were better, things of you and things that accompany salvation through though we thus speak. Better. Better. Better things. Amen. Better. We are persuaded that you will not apostatize. You won't neglect such a great salvation that's put before you. Once again, if Jesus Christ is not the head of the church, it's not a church. It's simply a building. And when we revert back to anything other than him crucified, other than his finished work on the cross, other than his resurrection, other than his ascension, waiting to see him come back, waiting for him, then we neglect the salvation that's put before us by Almighty God, the only way. I, I hope you get that today, that, you could, that, that, that we must get out of this lesson, that Christ is the way and he's the betterment. And we must grow in him. We can't revert back. We can't apostatize. We can't leave that which we've been taught and that which witnesses of our spirit. You you know, we know today whether we're bearing good fruit or bad fruit. Uh, we Maybe we won't admit we're bearing bad fruit and we're getting scratched up with thorns and briars, but you know it. You know exactly where you stand with God. The Holy Ghost lets you know that. Listen to me today. It's his will that we grow. Well, I can't grow because of this in my life or that in my life. This problem. This is, listen to me. This world's not going to get better. If you're waiting, waiting for a Shangri-La or a better time to serve God, it's not going to happen. The Bible promises this world will wax worse and worse. And if you're looking around, you can see that's happening right now. Men are not going to get better. They're going to wax worse and worse. We, we, we are coming towards a musical term, a what crescendo, it's a high point in the music. 
or the end of it, of the of the score. Because what we're building towards, the coming of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Verse 10. For God, listen, is not unrighteous, certainly not, to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Is it for God what you do? See, this is the... the the judgment seat of Christ is where Christians will get their crowns for the work that they've done, the faithfulness that they have projected. In 1 Thessalonians 1.3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Notice the first work is faith. And labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God our Father. And the labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, and he have ministered to the saints and do minister. Verse 11, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to full assurance of hope unto the end. That word diligence means going forward, not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Paul wrote to the Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In other words, we're always to be in progression, never going backwards. Never never going back. The Bible declares backsliding as a dog going back to his vomit. I didn't write to look it up. Leaving, going back to something else other than Christ. Well, I was better off back here. Amen. The children of Israel said we were better off in Egypt, were they? Were they better off in Egypt? Did you read what they went through in Egypt? Of course they weren't. And the wilderness will make us progress or die. <laughs> but it's not God's will. He always gives us a cloud by day, and a fire by night. He always, His Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. He promises that. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you even to the end of this age. Man, we need him so much. So much in this day and this hour do we need Christ. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. A lot of words being spoken. How many words are being spoken in the Spirit today? The Spirit and the bride says come. A lot of men talking. A lot of women talking. Everybody's talking. But, Lord, give us people that speak in the Spirit. Which gives us roots, which gives us platform by which we, we we grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need a, we need that today. We need truth again in the pulpits of America. Not just another sermon, just another feeling, just another another time before we can run to the buffet. But the church world has appointed. Preacher, you can preach from 11 to 12. 12, we're out of here. That's just the way it is. Church has become a form and a fashion for the most part in America. It's just a social function. It's where we go meet friends, where 
where what business transactions are done. But the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well and active and progressive if the Holy Ghost is the one moving us. He doesn't want us to be stagnated. He says, to the full assurance of hope and to the end. The end. Let us not get weary in well-doing. Verse 12. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, I'm not going to go there. You can go there. We'll, we'll, we'll hit that chapter later. Chapter 11, the great faith chapter in the book of Hebrews. Read that. Read that. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them through faith. In other words, if you're going to get your eyes on somebody, get your eyes on people that have faith. I'm not talking about those who talk it. I'm talking about those that live it. Live it out every day of their lives. Trust God for every need, for every revelation, for their very strength. God help us today. Unto those that inherit the promises. And how do you inherit the promises? Only by faith. So we must grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we grow in grace and knowledge, and our faith is multiplied. So once again, we point to him, the better of everything, the better, thousand times over, million times over, whatever number you might want to use, and any other man-made traditional religion is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We must move on. Well, I can't, yes. He expects us to grow in faith, to grow in knowledge, to grow in grace. He expects us to be in a progressive mode because according to the Word of God, we're but sojourners in this land, not even citizens like Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker and foundation is God. So where are we at today? We must take inventory. Are we progressing or are we digressing? <clears throat> are we stuck here? And the, the first thing we do to get moving again is to repent. <clears throat> Part McDaniel said <clears throat> he prayed a prayer that he asked God to forgive him and his nation because they had sinned. They were about ready to come out of a 70 year captivity. We have sinned against you, Lord, only against you have we sinned. And if we reject God's plan, that's sin. And we like to Make a list of sins, what what we don't do and I don't do, and on and on and on and on. But if you look, you'll find the flaws in your own life. You allow the Holy Spirit to turn on his searchlight, as Psalmist David said, Search me, O Lord, and whatever you find in me, get it out that you don't want. 
See, we can we can sit down and nuzzle up to our failures. Well, this is why this is going on. But if the Bible says it's sin, then it's sin. And if we're living in sin, which Jesus went to the cross, paid for our sins, that we might progress out of our sins. Paul wrote that sin shall not have dominion over you. This is what, this is what he wrote. But he even implicated his own struggle, but yet he said that if we keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and you're justified by faith in him, that he will deliver you from sin and temptation even. Make a way of escape. But this is putting your faith. If you don't get nothing out of us today except this, putting your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. Well, if you do this, you do that. Put your right foot in, put your left, you know, <laughs> on and on and on. All the all the foolish religious things that men have invented down through the years that aren't worth a hill of beans. If Christ is not in the center of who we are and what we are and our salvation, then we've got a problem. We're going back. Oh, foolish Galatians who have bewitched you that you have begun in the spirit. How do you think you can possibly please God in the flesh? How do you think we can offer God our traditions and our man-made isms and schisms and that be acceptable? Not going to happen. There's only one thing that he accepts. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that makes us righteous. And we're justified by faith in Christ. Ask him today. Just go before him. Repent. Confess, the Bible says. Confess your sin. Unbelief is sin. Putting your faith in something else other than Jesus Christ is sin. If your faith's in a man, in a preacher, in a teacher, in a church, a denomination, then you're sinning. Plain and simple. We all sin if we do that. But if our faith is in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, then we're going to grow. According to the Word of God, we can't help but grow. Because we're on good ground, fallowed ground. Get your eyes off everything else. Get your eyes on Jesus. He puts teachers and preachers, the fivefold in the midst of us, who aren't under the same obligation to walk by faith in Jesus Christ. If they divert from that, there's a problem. The Bereans, we just talked about them. The Bible says they, when Paul preached, they followed the scriptures to make sure he was saying, when he read out the book of Isaiah, whatever it might have been, they was reading the book of Isaiah. Yes, that's what it says. So pick up your Bible, and when a man's preaching or a woman's preaching to you, follow along. Make sure they're not interjecting something. Doesn't agree with the word of God. <laughs> See that the obligation for preachers today. Uh, maybe we don't take this serious enough, and we're not perfect by no means. That's why the Bible says, "Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed." When we expound the word of God, we must seek God for guidance that we don't lead anybody astray. Because there are those today that don't. They don't pick up the Bible, they just believe what's spoken. 
So we need to speak the right thing to the best of our ability in the leading of the Holy Ghost. Bible says we're going to give an account for every word we've ever spoken. We need to move on the Lord. So hard sometimes. But through the Holy Spirit, what excites us, what unctions us, what quickens us, that word quicken doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean a shaking of the Holy Ghost in your life, but you'll move physically, but it means there's life on the inside. I'm not saying you won't uh, quake under the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that. I mean, I have, and people do. But it's life. It's life. It's a quickening, the life, a life that comes through the Holy Ghost. Man, we need that so bad. We need an injection of the Holy Ghost move today in the house of God. It needs to be repentance in the church world, in my opinion, starting with ourselves. You're right, preacher. I know so-and-so. No, no. Get the moat out of your own eye before you try to get out of your brother's eye or your sister's eye. We need to progress and grow in Christ. If you don't know him today, confess you with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. For with the mouth a man speaks and confesses, with the heart a man believes. Repent, turn, and do your first works over. Repent, turn, make a conscious decision to go in another direction. Ask him to come into your heart and to your life. This is what the psalmist said, search me, O Lord. Abide in me, lead and guide me, become Lord. That's when we completely die. That's why the Bible says we're a living sacrifice. We are a living sacrifice, which needs to be holy and acceptable for God. And the only way we're holy and acceptable is through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. And I pray, and I believe he will send a revival. But also judgment and judgment will begin at the house of God. <laughs> because he said in his word, I'm having a church without spot and without wrinkle. And that only he can do. That we must grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your, for your word, for your spirit, for your power. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you touch the minds and hearts of every individual that hears us today. And, God, we've done the best we could. And, Lord, you said it will go forth and won't come back void. We'll do what you sent it to do. And we thank you today. Lord, I'm going to ask you to save souls, heal bodies, heal minds. God, touch the hurting today. Touch those today who have no hope. Interject hope in their lives today. For you are the hope of glory. You said in your word, the hope is an anchor of the soul and for the soul. Do supernaturally today what we can't possibly do, where your word will never drop to the ground. Your truth will always go forth. March on. And let us progress in that truth today. Work miracles in people's lives. Let signs and wonders once again show up in the house of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man, God bless till next time.